Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see every one of you here this morning. It is good. It is good that we can gather together and sing praises. It's good to gather together in fellowship. Are you listening? Man, you guys look good. Craig, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good to see everyone this morning. Welcome to Beecher Island. An independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And I pray that all of us fight for it to be that way. That we keep seeking God's Word and we let His truth uh, uh, be alive. And, and lead, this, lead this body. And I'm excited about uh, just what's going on. Uh, somehow, I... Not, it's God. It's God. But it seems like every Sunday, it's it, it's there, there's some that come every Sunday. There's a lot that come every Sunday, but but it just always seems that there's more and more. I, I, I just am uh, grateful for every person that's here, every person that comes in the door, every person that that uh, comes and seeks. But does that through Beecher Island? And however often that is, it's awesome. We encourage you definitely join us every Sunday. Join us every Sunday as we praise and worship, fellowship. Uh, man, it's it's good. I I just thank God for each one of you. And I also thank God for um, all of you that brought food this morning because <laughs> it smells good. <laughs> and and uh, uh, so I'm just going to tell you now, if you didn't bring any food for the potluck that's going to take place here in just a little bit, I'll try to keep it as short as I can. No. Uh, but if you didn't bring any food, stick around. Uh, there is plenty. There's always plenty. And, and uh, so please stick around and fellowship with us afterwards. We're going to have potluck. Uh, here in just a little bit. A couple of other announcements that we have this morning. Uh, Friday, this Friday, the 30th, 6 o'clock, uh, our house, Christy uh, and my house, uh, how you say, yeah, uh, 6 o'clock, <laughs> um, 6 o'clock, we're going to do some river baptisms, and, um, and so come join, it's going to be awesome. Bring, bring some chairs, bring a main dish, entree <laughs> and, and a, I don't know if that's how you say it and, and a dessert or a side and we're just gonna we're just gonna fellowship have a great night uh, um, and just enjoy I think that the weavers are bringing some musical instruments oh they're shaking their head no they'll be there I know they will be uh, Tucker's gonna bring a guitar too so <clears throat> Yeah, weavers will bring music, yeah. And we're going to have a great time, so, so come and join. And, uh, and just, uh, but I also want to say, I'm going to say it now, and I'll say it here in a little bit. If it's on your heart at all to be baptized, please come talk. Uh, if, if that's on your heart at all, please come talk to me. We'll talk about it some more here in a little bit. But, but uh, on the 30th, Friday, come and join. Uh, Mids breakfast is also going to be Friday morning. Uh, so come and join in that too. Uh, yeah, our youth group is home. 
quite a journey. Next Sunday, they're going to share with us uh, of what all took place on this journey uh, as they went and uh, got to share their relationship with Jesus Christ and what that means to them uh, and invited others to, to seek that relationship. So that is awesome, but we are thankful and, and uh, that they're home and thank you all for the prayers that you are praying for them. And uh, um, Rachel uh, is not here this morning because she's feeling a little under the weather, uh, but Adam's here and it's good. It's good that they were able to go and, and we haven't even heard from Alyssa yet all the uh, excitement, but uh, Adam has told me that they sure liked her belt buckle, so we got some discussing. No, it's good, it's good. Uh, uh, good. <laughs> I'm glad that they're here, and uh, uh, I'm thankful that each one of you are here. Let's go to in prayer. Father God, I thank you this morning. I thank you for your word, and I just pray, I pray right now that our that our minds and our hearts, our ears are just prepared to hear your word. And that, that we don't just let it be words, but we let it sink in and we let it let the Holy Spirit move us. And I pray that we just seek out that intimacy of relationship with you, Jesus. Man, I, I'm excited about this morning, Lord, and I just pray that um, that we let it be all about you. That we get self out of the way and just um, um, seek you. And I thank you that we can do that. Thank you for uh, the Gospel of John that we're that we're trying to tackle and uh, and our work our way through, Lord. And I just just pray that this morning um, we hear the truth in Jesus' name. I pray. Amen. John chapter seven. Turn with me there. John chapter seven. We. We've been here in chapter 7 for two weeks, and we've made it all the way to verse 25. So I'm excited about where, where, we, where we've been and where we're going. Uh, it is good. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be uh, starting verse 25 and working, working our way through um, another small portion of it. We're going we're gonna to read all the way to 8.1, but... Uh, I, I've asked for the last two Sundays that that this that, that you get to read uh, John chapter seven verse John well through through ten twenty one because that's the thought that that John is putting together here for us and, and it's a continuous thought and and, and, I, and I want us to to see the big picture as I as I, as I also break down and, and we we look at the details that John gives us in this gospel. That's something that I just feel like uh, God has laid on my heart because this has been one of the funnest series that I've ever done. As I preach and work my way through that, funnest is a word. I did look it up because Christy said it's most fun. Well, most fun doesn't work in that. This is the most fun certain series. Funnest. Funnest. One of the most funnest <laughs> series I've done. But I, I love the detail that John lays out for us. And, and, and I've preached John before, but I've never dug in this deep. And, and I love the detail that we can draw out of it. And, and I'm, I'm making sure that I stick to what John lays out in verse 20, or John chapter 20, verse 31. But these things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that believing you may have life in His name. 
And, and, and I, that's how I want to tackle this gospel. That's how I, I want to work our, our way through it, knowing that John wrote it because of that reason, and that reason only. And when we stick there, it's amazing what we can learn from this teaching. And I keep saying the Gospel of John, but really, uh, it is written by John, but it's the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And what an amazing Gospel it is. So let's read John chapter 7, uh, verse 25 and following. Now some of them from Jerusalem said, Is this not he whom they seek to kill? But look, he speaks boldly, and they say nothing to him. Do the rulers know indeed that this is truly the Christ? However, we know where this man is from. But when the Christ comes, no one will know where he's from. And then Jesus cried out as he taught in the temple, saying, You both know me, and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true, whom you do not know. But I know him, for I am from him, and he sent me. Therefore they sought to take him, but no one laid a hand on him, because his hour had not yet come. And many of the people believed in him and said, When the Christ comes, will he do more signs than these which this man has done? The Pharisees heard the crowd murmuring these things concerning him, and the Pharisees and the chief priests sent officers to take him. Then Jesus said to them, I shall be with you a little while longer, and then I go to him who sent me. You will seek me and not find me, and where I am, you cannot come. Then the Jews said among themselves, Where does he say, where does he intend to go that we shall not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What is this thing that he has said, you will seek me and not find me, and where I am you cannot come? On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, Truly, this is the prophet. Others said, This is the Christ. But some said, Will the Christ come out of Galilee? Has not the Scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? There was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid a hand on him. Then the officers came to the chief priests and the Pharisees, who said to them, Why have you not brought him? The officers answered, No man ever spoke like this. Then the Pharisees answered them, Are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? The crowd that does... But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, who he who came to Jesus by night, came one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. And everyone went to his own house. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. 
on in there. God's word, it is it is good. It is uh, a lot to break down. And, and I was telling Christy as we drove here, man, I'm excited about today and what we're digging into, but I'm really excited as we as we get next week. Um, when, when Jesus blurts out some one-liners. And why does Jesus blurt out these one-liners? And, and what, is, what is Jesus trying to say to the people? And it's going to be good. So let me just tell you right now. <clears throat> come next week. The youth is going to share. And I haven't asked Adam how long yet, but I'm giving him about five minutes because I'm excited about next week. <laughs> no, they're going to have a while. And we're going to, we're going to uh, uh, have a, a great time next week. Just um, uh, I know... They weren't afraid in Bible times to stay all day. Um, uh, so just come prepared now. <laughs> just come prepared. It's good. You know what? Uh, Jesus lays it out even more that he is the Christ, the Son of God. And, and, and John focused in on Jesus' origin, divine origin, and his citizenship. And, and Jesus speaks to where he is from and where he will go. There are some who believe that Jesus is Christ, and there are some who don't. As we, as we read through this and, and seek this out, but one thing is for sure. The religious leaders are getting even more angry. They are getting angry at Jesus and what He's speaking, and they, they want to seize Him. They want to get their hands on Him. And you know that by this time, it's become pretty well known throughout Jerusalem that the religious, that the Jewish leaders are getting angry. And everybody's getting to know this and that they're plotting against the Savior. And the masses start asking questions and there's a, a murmuring going on amongst the masses. There, there's conversation happening. And, and I want us to see this. There's a couple different groups that we can look at. We can separate the, these people out in, in different groups. We have the rulers. We have the Jews. John calls them the Jews. The rulers, the authorities. And we know that they are quite boastful. We know that, we talked last week, that, that these rulers, religious rulers, think they have it all figured out. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, I... I think it's the same today with each, each of these groups. We have these groups today. We have the, the religious rulers that when you, when you speak truth, when Jesus spoke truth to them, they became angry. You speak truth to them today, they may become angry also. We also, uh, we also have the masses. The masses then were tossed to and fro. The masses today are tossed to and fro. We have the, the masses of people that, that will, will take the easy road, right? They'll go like water, the easiest route. Whatever is exciting at the time, whatever is most popular, whatever everybody else is doing, that's what I want to do. Yeah, you see, these masses that we are reading about, uh, as we uh, unfold the story of Jesus, we will, we will see that, that they're in celebration and praise as Jesus has His triumphal entry, right? This great entry. They're, they're going to be waving palm branches and, and, and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna! 
And then just a short time later, them saying, the same masses are shouting, crucify, crucify. See, the masses go wherever. Or, it looks most fun. Wherever it's easy. Wherever the rest of the group goes, that's where they follow. And I never want us to be the masses. I'll just say that. I, I, I don't want to be the masses. You see, because we also have this small group of believers. We have this small group of believers and they, and they, they, they question. And there's some confusion going on right here. Some people say, hey, hey, isn't that the man that they're trying to kill? They want to seize him, but yet they're letting him talk. He claims to be the Messiah. But, but wait a minute. I mean, truly, I, I want us to try to wrap our minds around everything that's going on here because Jesus claims to be the Messiah and everybody knows there are this small group of believers and everybody but the small group of believers know that they're trying to arrest Jesus. He, he's, he's speaking blasphemy. But yet, this small group of believers is, is, is believing, but yet they see that, well, why aren't they arresting him? And they start to question this. Well, maybe he is the Christ. Maybe the rulers actually think that he's the Christ, and behind closed doors they're saying he's the Christ, and that's why they're not arresting him. What if that's the case? That's, that's what they're questioning here, right? So there's some confusion going on as to, to what is happening. But then they say, we know where he's from. Or so they thought, right? So they thought. And then Jesus cries out with this amazing deity answer. But listen, it, it, John says that he cried out. I think that's him raising his voice. I think he wanted to make sure that they heard. Jesus wanted to make sure. You're going to hear me when I speak this. He cried out to them and he said this. You both know me and you know where I am from. And I have not come of myself, but he who sent me is true. Whom you do not know. I do know him because I am from him. And He sent me. Jesus points out to them that they do know Him. Or know where He's from. They, they, he, he's simply saying, hey, you, you know me as the man. You know me as Jesus of Nazareth. But you don't really know who I am. They did not see that he was also God. But that's the statement he's making, right? He, he, he wanted to explain it to them, saying, hey, you know me as Jesus, but you should also know me as the Christ. He said, I don't come of myself, but from the Father. And he went on to tell them that you flat don't know me, but I know him. You don't know God, but I do. Because I'm from him. He sent me. But what a statement. Jesus laid it out to him. He just made a direct claim that 
He is God. Not a, not a simple statement that God sent him, and, and, and there's some misunderstanding in that verse. But, well, just God sent him. That's not what he was saying. But that he always lived with God. He was from God. He, he is God. He's making that statement. John 1, 1 through 4 came to mind in this. I just want you to listen to this because uh, 1 through 5 in, in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, not even one thing came into being that has come into being. And He was life, and the life was the light of mankind. And the light shines in the darkness, and get this, and the darkness did not grasp it. More grasp. Jesus was laying it out here to him. You see, the Lord said, He sent me. He, he sent me. He was saying in the clearest possible way that He is the Christ, the Son of God, the Anointed One. And God had sent into this world to, to accomplish the work of redemption. understood the significance of what Jesus was saying. They finally got it, right? I think this is a turning point here. I mean, they were getting angry. They, they were mad. They knew Jesus was teaching blasphemy or, or saying blasphemy or they thought that, that He was. I better say that. But here, it's blatant. They understand it. And they become extremely angry and say that's pure blasphemy. But see, they couldn't see that Jesus was Christ. All they could see was Jesus of Nazareth. A man. A man. <laughs> I've talked about this already. Jesus keeps laying it out all the way through John. It's not my time yet. It's not my time yet. Not my time to be glorified. And we're going to get to that time. We're going to see that. And we're going to see when it is time for him to be glorified. But right now, it's not time so, so they can't arrest him. But I love what John puts next in verse 31. See, there was a small group, right? Verse 31. But many of the crowd believed in him. Small group of believers. And they're reasoning with themselves, though, right? They say, when this Christ comes, when the Christ comes, he will not perform, will he not perform more signs than those which this man has done? Will he? He won't. I just messed that up. But he's saying, there's no way they, they can do more than what this man has already done. You see, I want us to wrap our minds around that. Start thinking about the miracles that this group has got to witness. Think about the signs and miracles that they have got to witness up to this point. We just have given, John has given us a small glimpse of the miracles and signs that Jesus has done at this point. A small glimpse. And I, and I want us to get that because the miracles that they got to see had to have been overwhelming. I think that has to be the word. 
You see in John 20, verse 30, not 31, but 30, John lays this out. He says, So then many other signs Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. They're not written down. There's so many, so many that I want to read another verse to just back it up even more. I want us to understand how many signs and miracles were happening. John 21, verse 25 should be highlighted in your Bible. John 21, verse 25, and it says this. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen? Man. That's what all of them got to experience. They got to see all these signs and miracles as all this is going on, right? And they've been witnesses to so much. And as this group of believers pondered that, that all that Jesus had done, that they say, if this is not the Christ, then I have no idea what somebody else could do because this man does it all. He does it all. And as this talk starts moving around, this murmuring is happening that, that Jews get even more offended. The anger in their heart starts even building up more. And they want to arrest Him. And Jesus lays it out in verse 33. Verse 33, For a little while longer I am going to be with you. And then I am going to Him who sent me. You will seek me and will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. What a statement. And then these boastful Jews start making fun of Jesus. Listen to what they say. Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? We'll back up just a little bit. We talked about these Jews being so boastful. We talked about it last week that they knew all the facts that they had it all put together, that they, they were boastful because they, they were the chosen ones. They, they had been given the law. They were above everybody else. So I, I want us to understand that to understand what they're going to say next. Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? He does not intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks. Does he? What is his statement that he said, you will seek me and will not find me, and where I am you cannot come? Can't you hear? I mean, I, I put my interpretation in there. I understand. Please forgive me if you think it sounds different. But do you hear the sarcasm in there? Like, do you hear the dirty old Gentiles? He's going to really go teach the dirty old Gentiles? We're the chosen ones. I mean, seriously. Think of the boastful thoughts that they're having right now. Dirty old Gentiles. He ain't going to teach them. I'm glad they did. 
I'm glad that he did. Jesus wasn't messing around. Jesus wasn't, wasn't messing around as he spoke truth to them. And he's speaking truth to us. I want you to hear this this morning. Because these words that Jesus speak are especially sincere. They remind us of the fact that there is such a thing as missed opportunity. Uh, I think that that word falls short of what I'm talking about. But there is absolutely missed opportunity. You see Jesus saying, you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity to be saved. But if you reject that opportunity, that opportunity may not arise again. You don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what tomorrow brings. There's an opportunity today. Jesus is saying, opportunity today. Listen, the Jews didn't get it. They didn't understand. They, they were so prideful, they, they could not see that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God. And I don't want that for you. No. Not a single one of you. I don't want that for anybody we ever come in contact with to, to not be able to understand. They did not understand the meaning of Jesus' words. They, they thought that, that He was just going to leave and, and go preaching for a little while to them dirty old Greeks, the Gentiles, right? They didn't understand it. See, they didn't understand because of their pride. Their pride was in the way. They didn't see that Jesus was talking about heaven. And about going to the Father. Talking, talking about the Father. I want you to understand that Jesus was trying to get them to see who He was. But they chose to not see. It was their choice. In turn, they were blinded because of that choice that they had made. They did not want to accept that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, and therefore they could not see who He was. I want to leave you with a contrasting difference. Jesus speaking to those who would not choose Him and those that did. And, and I'll tell you, when I put these two verses together, uh, it was pretty impactful to me. And I pray that it is to you. I want you to hear these words this morning. We just read these words, but I'm going to read them again and then we're going to read some more. It says, Therefore Jesus said, for a little while longer, I'm going to be with you. And then I'm going to Him who sent me. You will seek me, and you will not find me. And where I am, you cannot come. The one who does not choose Him. The one who does not believe that He is the Christ. Powerful words, aren't they? But here's some more powerful even more powerful. Listen to these words that Jesus chose to speak to those who said He is the Christ. John 14, 2-4. John 14, 2-4. Let not your heart be troubled. 
You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and you know the way. Amen? Them are good. Those are some good words, right? I mean, truly, we, we have a contrasting difference here of what Jesus says to those who can't see that He's the Christ. And we have the amazing words that Jesus speaks to those who choose Him. Listen, the Jews could have opened their eyes to Him. But they chose not to. You have the same choice. A choice to choose him and follow, or a choice that says he's not worthy to follow. But it's your choice. It's nobody else's. It's not mom or dad's. It's not grandma or grandma's. It's not mine. It's the pastor. It's not the Sunday school teacher. It's not your husband or your wife. It's your choice. Your choice. To choose whether he is worthy to serve as Lord and Savior or not. If they didn't have the opportunity to choose, I really don't believe that Jesus would have been there saying, I'm the Christ. Some believe that the Jews never had an opportunity because they were blinded. And they, they never could see Jesus until the scales of their eyes would fall off. I say Jesus was right there pouring out love, saying, come to me. He's still pouring out love, saying, come to me. And so anybody here this morning that has not made the choice that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, I want to encourage you that today is the day to make that choice. Today is the day because I don't want you to have this opportunity. Well, I know that I've read about the Chicago Fire and the missed opportunity. Not today. If you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today is the day. Today is the day. I'm going to invite the praise team and the music team to come on up. But I just want to say this. There is opportunity. There's opportunity all around us. As I just got to thinking about uh, our youth group going on this mission trip and all the opportunity that was around them to share that Jesus is Christ. You see, because I know that most in this church have made that decision to make Jesus their Lord and Savior. They, they, they know that Jesus is the Christ. You guys know that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. But not everybody has made that choice. Not everybody's made that choice around us. Why? Uh, uh, the mission is great right here. 
And, and I want to encourage you today that if you've not made the choice for Jesus to be the Christ, or that He is the Christ, the Son of God, I, I want to encourage you to make that choice today. To allow Him to be your Lord and Savior. And if you're making that choice today, I, I want to pray with you. I, I want to talk with you. But let's also get real about this because if we've made that choice, let's go tell others about the opportunity that they have to have everlasting life. Let's not keep it to ourselves. Let's go share it with the world right here in eastern Colorado. Uh, let's not keep it to ourselves. So Friday, I've already told you, we're going to do some river baptisms. And if you've made the choice that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and you believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, and you've not been baptized, let's do that. Let's do that. You're already saved. If you, if you, are, if you claim Jesus Christ as Lord, you're already saved. Stepping into that water is shouting from the mountaintop that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. You'll walk out of that water with a branding as a child of God. But I'll tell you what, for non-believers to come and witness that, it opens their eyes. And so I want to encourage you to bring a friend on Friday. Bring yourself and bring a friend. Let's, let's join up on Friday and let Eastern Colorado see what it really means claim Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God. And if you want to be baptized, please come and talk to me. Let's do that. Let's do that. Father God, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for this Word that we have, the living Word of You, God. And, and I thank You that we can, we can see uh, that we don't need to be perfect, that we don't need to have it all figured out that we don't need to uh, clean ourselves up to come to You. That's what He was telling Jews. You just... Uh, we see that. Jesus said that's what you were telling them. That, that even as you are, boastful and, and full of pride, you can come to Me. We thank You for that teaching, Jesus. We can see that you have an open invitation. And, and, and it's handed out freely that we don't need to clean up. We don't, we don't need to be all perfect to come and, and accept that invitation because you're just, you've already sent it. it. It's addressed to each one of us. It's addressed to every person in this world and whether we choose to open that invitation and accept it. It's our choice and we thank you for that choice. Lord, I pray that Every one of us have taken and accepted that invitation. Come to you. And I pray that we take every opportunity to, to, to reach everybody that's around us to see that you've given them that opportunity. Opportunity of everlasting life. God, I thank you. I thank you that you love us that much, that you came and died for us. That you hung on a cross, crucified, Went to a grave, but you didn't stay there. You, you rose up and uh, witnessed to so many as you walked this earth as a risen Savior. We, we, 
We know that You sit at the right hand of God now. We know that You are from the beginning. All things were created through You. Man, I just pray that we we seek You in, in every way of our lives. And then we just allow Your light to shine uh, so, so that others can see You. And it's not just words that we say actions that we do. Lord, we love you. We thank you for loving us unconditionally. Lord, I pray this morning that if there's anybody that, that, that's wanting to come to you, they, they haven't given you their heart, they do it this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand and sing with us. If you need any prayers at all, please come forward. I'd love to pray with you.